Good morning, December the 24th, the 20th, what, 2020, right? It's reality. We're moving on to 2021. And finally, I believe it's really time to address, you know, just where we are in public education as a nation. We're not doing that well. But in Nevada, it seems to be close to the bottom. And in California, went from the bottom, from the top to the bottom. Because California used to be the on the top in the nation of educational scores. You know, that was back in the Panther days. That's when they were really educating people. And participation level of public and community engagement was so high. But over time, it just drifted off. And, you know, one of the reasons why I chose to do this portion of my parent empowerment hour, just self-improvement, is so that we as a people or people who would be looking for opportunities to better themselves, understand how the process works, because simply we're living under a system. And within that system, we all support the system of services. But we all don't create the process, but we all have a responsibility to understand the process and the ability to benefit as we are a nation that has created an opportunity for a free and appropriate public education. And what does that actually look like? A FAPE. What looks like as long as the state is involved with the education of your children, then that's appropriate because it has to do with what you have accepted as a parent. We have to understand that there is a grading system in the structure of America. And, you know, A means you're excellent. About 10% of the class scores like A. And then the B means you're good. A C means you're average. And D means you're poor, but you're past. I think one of the presidents was carrying some of those D letters. And an F means you're just a failure. And that's supposedly 20% of the bottom of the class. But, you know, it's not that way. For the majority of African Americans, they're in the 50% or 60% of children who are not scoring or not benefiting from public education. It has to even be more. It could be closer to 80%. But it really depends on what your parents understand access really looks like. Because, you know, even if you have a child with a disability, the pathway is clearly aligned with the right to benefit from public education. You know, it says, it says America's grading system, pass, fail. Some U.S. facilities, schools, and institutions use pass-fail grading systems, especially when it comes to student work, to be evaluated as highly subjective as a fine arts or music. But there is no general acceptance standards to graduation as independent studies. The critical requirement is meeting a single satisfactory standard. And as some professional examinations are practical, I mean, really, there's just really no standard as children are being pushed out of public schools with, um, what do you call that, 
social promotion. You know, I've talked about in this in this podcast the five different types of graduation certificates that are afforded to individuals living in Nevada. And they have this adult one, but you, you know, you were at risk of not making it, but they let you make it some kind of way, some kind of how. But I just want you to know, just understand if your children are below basic, then they're not doing well. And it's really time for intervention to happen. And by intervention, I mean that, you know, parents have to understand the system of education allows for interventions to help children support and be successful. It is not about demonstrating that there's no ability to do better. Simply, it's a pathway to success because choice is everything. So as you move along in your journey of understanding education levels of community really have to do with the ability of the community that's being governed to participate in the process of how the governance is happening. As, you know, the structure of America really depends on everybody understanding that they have a voice in the outcomes and the maintenance of effort of the applied service as we're all paying for those services equally. And I, well, maybe not equally, not when you consider that the past president only paid $750 in his taxes. And, but, you know, and then you could understand that you might know someone who is being penalized because they made a wrong mistake on their taxes and penalized for great deals of money, like in the thirties and $40,000 and still owing that money and having to pay back every year understanding how much they take out of checks for federal and state taxes if you have no dependents or if you're not investing in your local community. You know, giving back is really relevant as your structured time is worth and value something. But when you invest in donating your time to any organization, they get to write that off as an in-kind gift. But we really need more eyes on the failed public education system here in Nevada, as not all people are afforded the opportunity to participate in the outcomes and the maintenance of effort or the outcomes or the support investment as to sharing concerns as to the applied services that all children receive. You know, they were supposed to be really looking at Read by grade three was going to be so relevant in the state of Nevada until, you know, that unfortunate passing of the senator who was championing the federal initiative because that's what it was. As, you know, Title I requires a lot of maintenance in schools where children are attending And for schools who are in program improvement status, requires much maintenance and more investment. But when you can't find the data and you're being prohibited from understanding what actually happens at any particular school site, and then you can look at school sites and understand how they're charging for specific participation in programs, but yet and still they receive Title I money. 
I'm just trying to understand how, quote unquote, they give money to a charter school that is not Title I, that has a summer program for two children, and the conversation be an open conversation, as if it's something that was not surplanting, not supplementing, but, you know, surplanting. But when it comes down to the outcomes, because that is unfortunately all that I can find, and I understand the processes utilized in Nevada when it's not required for a child to begin public school until seven years old. So actually, you don't have to be enrolled in an early education program. But I understand that this is going to change from the federal government's perspective. And perhaps they're going to start education at three years old. And the requirement for child find is really going to be implemented because, you know, it's a federal regulation, child find is. And it just means that in your state, the state has an obligation to find children who may need additional services in public education and begin to do assessments and evaluations to make determinations of creating real opportunity for these children. But in reality, I guess what we have to figure out is how do people find out about support services for families that live in a particular area? And I would say that would normally be from your local school district, but uh, it's unfortunate that the local school district, Clark County School District, doesn't afford these opportunities to everyone. They've established a process in which parent involvement, quote unquote, is supposed to happen, but it doesn't empower the local residents to be empowered. What they've done is taken the Title I money for parent involvement and afforded and gifted it to an organization in which that organization is supposed to help provide equitable support to the entire, you know, the entire Las Vegas community, I guess, or I don't know how the organization, I know it's a not-for-profit organization, faces, and I know that they share residence inside the district office, so they've been afforded that. And I'm just trying to understand how that equity is affected in regarding empowering local residents to be engaged in the oversight process of public programs and how the lack of the ability to effectively communicate a shared concern in regards to the lack of the maintenance of effort for children who are in children or in programs that are actually failing them than to try to attempt to take away the social, emotional data gathering in regards to the lack of task transition because, you know, these children are just failing to complete the task. But when the district realized that the majority of children were below basic and far, far below basic, what did they do? 
they did absolutely nothing. Because their focus is not on children who are struggling. Their focus is on attempting to control resources that would go to rural schools. So rural schools really are focused to ensure that access continues to happen for them here in Nevada. And they haven't figured out how they um, how they afford opportunities for everyone. So they just underfund the larger schools. And how they do that is interesting because each school is, you know, each school is allotted a certain number of positions equally. And it doesn't matter where they're located. And it doesn't matter their ability to benefit. It's just everybody gets equal. And then teachers get to choose the schools or the programs that they get to work in. So, of course, no one wants to work down there with those children who are not making progress. And so they're unable to fill those positions. So at the higher poverty schools, uh, people just don't want to work there. It's unfortunate. And they don't have to because, you know, they have contracts and all these wonderful things that protect their interests. But then they are afforded to have all this professional development. And who pays for that professional development, I wonder? I believe it's paid for by the federal dollars, just as their positions are paid for by federal dollars and they have choice. But the higher poverty schools, well, it's just unfortunate that they have so many open positions and not enough field positions to actually work on making progress on their their local plan. I mean, what they plan for all children there because they have temporary teachers and not permanent teachers And the plan is really never developed by the local, you know, people. And the lack of participation at those higher poverty schools, well, mm, except for if it is in a school in a poverty neighborhood, and it might be called a Victory or Zoom school, I understand here. These would be the magnet programs and the ability to be competitively, you know, getting in those programs is real. Because they're supposed to encourage desegregation. Even though Nevada was not mandatorily court-ordered a desegregation, you know, area, anybody could apply for that money and get it. And then it'd still be getting funded just as if it was originally intended under the law to promote integration. But how has integration actually worked for you? as an American citizen? And what abilities have you been afforded to share your concerns in regards to someone calling you to pick up Jamal every day because he's acting out and he's just not making it? What does that look like when children cannot transition to the next step? It looks like you get called every day. But... That is when parents need to begin to intervene and understand that they really need to understand how come children are not uh, being integrated into the circle time or transitioning well from task to task. Because a lot of this, a lot of these opportunities to 
help children transition to the next step is an opportunity for the child to build and develop that foundation needed to continue to build. But once they start saying that your child is below basic, and eventually they say your child is far, far below basic, and you don't do the things necessary to understand the integration of public education and task buildings and systems of curriculum and how they build in within educational structures and how and what executive functioning skills are and how they are applied in our lives. And simply, we just don't know about enough about how all children learn. And the conversation must be one of inclusive practices and one that engages the community in which they're attempting to apply these behavioral norms too. Because what is it when certain children are allowed to benefit and others are continually targeted for the lack of skills that are advancing within their family structure? Because, you know, it really has to do with the level of the family's ability to access resources within the system that they're affording or attempting to live within. But now, the equalization has brought out, and the equalization was really the COVID. When COVID hit, then the reality of everyone accessing equally the resources was a real conscious thought as some children never had access and no one really cared. And then other children who were had no problem in transitioning to the online universities, well, that was wonderful for them because they have always been afforded these resources. But now the district and the local schools and nationwide as the nation continued to cry out Black Lives Matter really had to understand that not only Black lives but many, many children have not been afforded the ability to engage in the real process of understanding our public education system and how systems afford clear opportunity and for people who have resources and money seem to find, you know, the real opportunities, but how competitive it is for children who are in poverty to access some of those resources. And should it be that our tax dollars are affording people who already have the amount of resources that they could ever, you know, that they enjoy living a quality life, be afforded the resources that the children who are generating those resources, who have no access to those resources, who are being continually documented to not have the ability to participate, and whose due process rights are being violated continually every day because failure to engage in the process and failure to thrive is just as being you know, oppressed and continually oppressed because there is no maintenance of effort. There's no demonstration as to why certain children are not progressing in the public education system. How do you just put 250 
59% of black children in a subgroup and say that amount of children within the school district have behavioral issues and cannot, you know, affect their learning or not benefit from the opportunity. And then it's just okay because you created a program in which is going to modify behavior and those children have no access to the real core content standards that have been aligned for all other children. That's why I said, you know, these behavioral programs, they have to be aligned with the core curriculum. They have to make a difference for the child in the regular education program. All children have a right to have access to the same content standards as grade level proficiency would expect that all children would be making progress within their age-appropriate subgroups. See, you know, that was always the question in my journey that I faced with each one of my children. Were they at age-appropriate grade level competitiveness? Did they have the same level of opportunities as all other children? And many, many times it was no. So then we just had to take time to ensure that access did happen. And individually, you cannot even assume that they don't have the resources to address your child's needs because that is the intent of public education, to provide real resources and real access for all children. But how is that happening? And how has it happened? And how how has it happened that the majority of the resources that are supposed to be targeted to children in poverty are not making it to those children in poverty. And how is it that the state of Nevada has just been afforded the ability to not provide the responses to the federal government in regards to how they created opportunities for all children? And then how is it that, you know, they pretend that specific organizations are the only people that have to be recognized, meaning that if you're a member of the NAACP or the Urban Chamber of Commerce or, or you know, or, or the Black Chamber of Commerce or, uh, you know, any other organization that would uh, provide advocacy that you only have to talk to those people, you don't have to talk to regular taxpayers. It's unfortunate that you believe that. Because as an American citizen who has participated in other organizations in other states, I don't care what state I'm in. It doesn't change my standing in America as I'm still an American citizen with the knowledge of the ability to share a concern about how certain behaviors have affected a whole community, basically, and have continued to affect and oppress a whole community, basically, as I attempt to struggle as to how recording artists, as Monique, or who can I say, Diana Ross, Stevie Wonder, you know, all the historical entertainment People have come to Las Vegas and performed on the Strip and brought in Las Vegas so much money and revenue. And the real educational opportunities afforded to the people who would live in the historic 
west side of Las Vegas are denied real resources and accountability when it comes to the public schools and how so few children are participating in the poverty programs like Early Head Start and how they have created oh standalone opportunities, I guess, for behavior which have no requirements for the content standards as those programs have to do strictly with behavior, which be, would be a service applied under special education some kind of way, I assume, because it is a service. It is not a required content standard as to what would be required under the federal government. But, you know, when COVID hit, it just kind of like exposed all of that. Did you feel it? I felt it. I felt it when they said that they just lost so many children. They didn't know where those children went in Clark County. I didn't either. And I truly just didn't understand how those children didn't start school when they should have started school. But I really don't understand how those children in those wonderful programs that are supported by the African-American community, like SOS Program in the Harbor, don't have the academic, you know, reinforcement standards aligned with the transitional support needed for social and emotional development, aligned with their ability to achieve in the public education system in regards to the content standards for the state of Nevada. I don't understand that. And in trying to have a real conversation with real Americans who believe that access in the public education system comes with the ability to understand that we even educate immigrant children in America and the ability is afforded. They don't have to be citizens to participate in the educational system and the language and and the additional support necessary is what's being provided in these Victory and Zoom programs because they have to be uh, afforded additional grant money for the support necessary for, you know, language transition. And as the ability to engage in the process has been afforded to Latinas or Hispanic or, you know, whatever, Native American, not all Native Americans, but, you know, from Mexico or English language learner additional necessary support. Well, you know, that involvement for that community is really real because there are a lot of uh, people who participate. But, you know, we do have some African-Americans participating in the uh, oversight or the, you know, the voice. But they can't be the voice for everyone because they are not the voice. Actually, the voice of public engagement is comes from the community. And it's the community's voice that has to ensure that accountability happens. But when the community cannot understand how educational opportunities are being afforded to all children, it's a problem because these are federal dollars that require the engagement of everyone who has to pay a federal allocation like a federal tax. And since we're all American and we're all paying taxes, every voice should count.
And so I decided to do my parent involvement empowerment hour, this little empowerment opportunity so that people start to understand that they need to understand what's happening in the local school down the street from you. And if children are actually benefiting, because if they're not, they're going to be the same children who may be robbing you in the middle of the night. So let's not pretend that we don't have an obligation to the maintenance of effort for the public outcomes. So I think I should do the whole hour. This first part is all about the grading system and how we look at public education and how we look at our responsibility. And perhaps I will look at the second half on what at risk and what poverty and how the funding actually should be aligned to the local communities and exactly where your voice is, where your power is as an American citizen and how we should never give up that right. So in the next half an hour, I think that that's what I'll talk about, how to really empower yourself around educational outcomes for the maintenance of effort of all children. Until we come back to the second part of the hour, this is DA and I'm signing out.